0: It's tearing.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Medical podcast. I say another, it's actually the first of the season, but it feels like, even though we've actually recorded two already. (laughs) The first one being a very exciting announcement, which I will do so very soon. The second of which we tried and we failed to record last week. Um, I've been promised that the software that we use has been fixed and uh, is all seems to be okay at the moment. Connection seems to be okay. We managed to actually do the intro which is also good. So you'll have heard that lovely music there a moment ago. Um, But we have for the second time this season, but for the first time for you hearing, we've got Met Bat from AFC Met from the Can You Believe It podcast.
0: How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, good. Thanks. It, it does feel a bit weird that this is the second time that I'm recording with you, and but it's the first time that listeners will be hearing me, um this season anyway. But uh, luckily, it's it's nice that we haven't just come back and people are listening to this when it's a loss. Is, it, the, the good feel factor is even, it has risen. So I'd like to think that um, that we have played some sort of part in that.
1: No, I think we have, me. I think we have, and hey. Obviously, it is such a shame because we basically recorded the best podcast we ever did, didn't it? I mean, people should really know that that was of blog, Arsenal Vision levels of quality. I think, really.
0: I I think the Invincibles would be proud of that podcast. They would be. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. It was good. It's a shame. I can't remember my dick of the day
1: now, but I think it's probably going to be in line, quite similar to uh, to what I've got this weekend. I got this week. Um, So, but hey, I mean, all's good. I mean, I don't think people are going to be too unhappy. It's not like we had a. A difficult week to have to go into that people really need to find out answers to or tactically kind of go under the bonnet of why we've lost again away to a certain clubs and all sorts of things. It's,
0: God, it's been a hell of a start, is not it? Yeah. I mean, uh, you looked at our first, four fi- uh, first few fixtures and you thought that we would be able to get into a good place and good momentum. But mm. the, what the, the the best thing about it is the performances. I know the Crystal Palace game was a bit of a slog in the second half, but that's what is what is going to happen to Crystal Palace. And I mean, you saw that mm. against Liverpool uh, this, like this game week in, in terms of Crystal Palace uh, really made it difficult for Liverpool. So, but then you have this game against Leicester and it was just free, like it was free flowing, great football. And, the one thing that you you can say about Arteta is that he has a very rigid system, but uh, they are starting to express themselves more. And I always think of the the quote that Pep Guardiola said. Uh, I think he said it's Thierry Henry, and Thierry Henry mentioned it um, afterwards, and he mentioned that mm. uh, it's Pep Guardiola's job to get you the ball like to get the ball further up the pitch, to get it to the final third, to get it to the box. What you do like after that is everything that you do. And I think that's what you're sort of seeing with, with Arsenal this season is sort of like they have those structures in place. Mm. They have that, that, uh, that like principle basically, and Arsenal can Mm. work with it. And, and Arteta works with it. They all know where, what they're doing. And uh, but then in the final third, you now have really really good players that can affect the game and do it very well. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the man in the moment, but it's it's just it's just exciting times, and I've really uh, I've really enjoyed that that aspect about it this season. Mm. Do you
1: remember? Like it, it's so weird having all this hindsight and having like almost reflecting on the emotions and the analysis that you had throughout it, and I there was always a level of confidence that Arteta knew uh, at least within himself where he wanted to go. Like Mm. that always felt like a direction of travel and you only have to look as far as a certain other team that are structurally difficult um, or, or, you know, struggling, which, you know, I guess I'm I'm saying in a very um, light way, but I'm really enjoying it deep down how much Man United are struggling right now. There are 18 months ago, which is great, but we'll, we'll get into that. I'm sure. But, but we look back at that time and, you know the difficulty of the emery area those signings that uh, were made and and really when Arteta came in it, it seemed like he had a really clear vision and it, and there was no way that he could let on as to what that vision was because it would give away too much and the structure that he put in place like on my opinion the whole time was right Arteta's a very structured uh imprisoning manager in a way and I don't mean that in the negative way it sounds but like you know it's a it's a very rigid system. If you're not in the system, you're not his player, you're not going to work. And there was a lot of players that that seemed to back that up. But actually, seeing this football now that is has principles and is free-flowing rather than having a rigid structure, it kind of feels like the whole plan was basically, you know, we didn't really have the players to play fluid football. So just make them solid, give them something to play by because they're not really good enough to do much else and build the players around it to the free-flowing football. And now we're seeing I don't know a vindication and a validation of
0: the uh, the project, for want of a better phrase. I don't know what you think. Well, well, do, do you remember Arteta? Uh, you probably don't, but Arteta's first press conference, and he meant he mentioned mm. loads of sort of um, really good quotes. So I really like the one that I don't it isn't mentioned. He always says that when asked like Arsenal's in his heart, sort of thing. But mm. the the one that I always remember is him talking about the glass of water. And um saying right. like uh, in in terms of if I go down he, he, he it's basically I'm paraphrasing here, but if if he goes downstairs and gets a glass of water where he knows where the glass is, he's going to get it yeah so yeah, he's going to get it quicker than if he doesn't know where it is, so and it's all about that sort of remembering like where that glass is. And you will remember it over time, and then you will get that glass, and you'll get the water quicker than what you did before. And that's sort of the same with with the the, the football that he's presented. And it's always a quote that stuck with me yeah. because it's always like he puts these players in positions, but it's it's up to the team to know where everyone's going to be. To mm. To then be able to play a bit more expansive and play a bit more uh, free flowing. And I think that's what, like, you know, like, you know, now that Granite Xhaka is going to burst forward, for example. Like, they know Gabriel Marcinelli is going to be on the left wing and, and Zinchenko is going to be in the left midfield space. You've got the right back mm. tucking into midfield as well. You've got Saka, who holds the touchline. You've got Erdegaard, who's in that right half space. You know all these things. And sometimes and teams will find you out. But it's, it's obviously about the quality as well. And and once you have those structures in place, it's much easier for the players to be able to play and try like fun, fun stuff. And obviously it helps when you sign two players from the team that does that the best in Manchester City. But... Uh, it's it, it's encouraging, and I get, we all we all said that it was sort of going to be a slow burn with Arteta, and I know a lot of people still are don't like him and stuff, and that's their opinion. But I, I always felt that there was something about him in terms of he he got Arsenal, and I know that's not something you can quantify, but like mm. he always every time you heard him talk about Arsenal, he always talked about us not getting just back in the Champions League. Get into the top of the league and win those biggest prizes, and that's. And I'm sure if if like we finish top four this season, I'm sure that he would stay the same as well, saying this is just a start and we'll just carry on from there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think him being a project manager was always something we knew, but it is amazing looking back at how okay we were with that at the time. We came eighth, eighth, fifth, and we are still feeling. Wonderful about this manager um, because there was a sense of realism, I and mean, I actually it kind of goes directly in parallel, doesn't it, to, to the England team in a way you know mm. full of egos, uh, old players who are kind of unjustifiably there um, in a slightly different context, and you know, a lot of expectation, you know, based on a lot of historic success. If you could call it that, with England, I suppose. But you know what I mean. Like, there's kind of an expectation that was kind of didn't really meet players that they had. Yeah. And um, we had a manager that came in and just went, no, no, guys, no, no, we are bad. And the reason why we're bad is this, and we all need to know that. Yeah. I'm going to take you on a journey. And there were there were definitely some downs um, and some question marks at very small times. But even I guess looking at like the Amazon documentary, you know, it really is so insightful and it makes you. Look at it in a slightly different way. And you realise that there was a plan in place. And again, Manchester United at the moment is such a reflection of where we were. And, you know, the, the ownership, there's a lot of parallels there, even down to the style of football, like the playing out from the back without having the players that they can do it, but really trying to implement the style. And, you know, I think Eric Tenhaga will, will be a good manager. It's just whether or not Manchester United will let him be. It sounds like actually Arsenal let. Arteta be the manager that he could be, and they backed him, and if Arteta's good at anything, it's it's upward management. Um and he's convinced a whole load of rich owners uh that weren't too invested before to to stick with him and um build a football environment around him rather than you know Rouse and Yehi and God knows who other that's driven by Spem. very many other things other than what's gonna to spend town. Yeah, yeah. God, like um but um but how, how do you think I mean look, we're singing and dancing and saying the project's a dream and Man United are going downhill and all that sort of stuff. But we are two games into the season, but I'm keen to know what you think almost purely uh about the first two games and, and how excited or or even not excited it might make you feel.
0: I mean, I, I don't know how you <laughs> I, I I don't I, I don't know how you could actually watch those first two games and not feel excited as an Arsenal fan like mm-hmm. I, I think especially after the years that we've had uh, even last season of venger and then the, the Unai Emery days and even times with Mikel Arteta uh, now mm. because uh, there's always a scary thought like do do you know when you're like sort of working a customer service or you were you you order a tv from a company Mm -hmm. and you you order it multiple times you will always remember the bad one and you will always remember the time they they messed you up and done the bad review but and that's the same with football clubs in terms of you will always remember the bad period more than the good periods but Oh, we are good now. We are a good team. We have good players. We, <laughs> ha- we, we have a coach who's rising and seems like he knows what he's doing. And that I th- I just don't know how you can not be excited. The, also, the players that we have are not like they're not like at the end of their careers. No, these are players apart from t- the two in midfield. Like these are players mm. that are go- like on the way up in the game and are developing together it's just so exciting. If we start achieving, like if we get back in the Champions League, which obviously is the main goal for this season. We start winning mm. trophies again, then it's going to be hard because look at, look at, I know, I know everyone compares Liverpool's situation to us, but look at them what before clock came in and then look at them after. And that's the sort of yep. trans- transformation transformation you want for Arsenal and hope. So I just think, it's so exciting, and you look at uh, you look at someone like Gabriel Jesus, and you just think like the way he performed, like he's just, you just you think he's like the best striker in the world.
1: He is something else. I we always have like a rose tinted glasses when a new signing comes about. Yeah, like, I'm very aware of that. I mean, Arsenal have a very good history of new signings being the player of the month for the first few months and then taking a dip, but. um there's so much about Gabriel Jesus that has surprised me. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if that's really unfair, but even he's come out and said that like there was a rigidity about... He, he, he's alluded to that there was a rigidity about how he used to play, but the thing that was always in my mind was... Remember when Jack Grealish went to City first? Yeah. And, you know, obviously Jack Grealish is a great player, but like at Villa, he was sparkling. He yeah. was everywhere. And suddenly he goes into Man City... And he's got Kevin De Bruyne now, and he's got Bernardo Silva and Gabriel Jesus, you know, Sterling. All these players are around him who are equally superstars and they have to share and they, like, there's kind of a, well, you have to stick to this system and because of your quality, this will work. And I'll get you to this third or whatever, but he's almost been, like, unleashed and there are, he's all across the front line. He's mm. getting to the touch line and driving in. The speed of his feet completely shocked me. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like this is a completely different player than what I was expecting. Admittedly, I, I don't watch Man City on a weekly basis. I just, I just don't. I find them quite boring to watch. But that's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: but,
1: they uh, are. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? But like, obviously, an amazing team. But um, and uh, he he really seems to have found his home. I mean, I don't know what you think about his his transition or or what you what you make of his first entrance.
0: I I mean I. You couldn't ask for a better debut at the Emirates for Gabriel Jesus, and I, I, I just think, yeah, like it's not the go- the goals are obviously fantastic. The second goal obviously was uh, assisted by Jamie Vardy, who we love, um, mm. great assist from him, and the first goal was obviously magic in terms of to be able to dink it. It obviously reminds you of uh, an Alexis Sanchez goal we scored in the Champions League. I was going to say Europa League. That's how long we've been outside the Champions League. I forgot we actually was in it for um, oh, no. a period of time, but <laughs> um, uh, but it's it, it's the way he sort of conducts himself up front and be a, is able to actually bring others in play. The goal he nearly scores just before half time, where Ramsell, oh, like touch. yeah, the touch, the strength, the turn, it's absolutely magnificent and. He obviously gets uh, two assists in this game as well. It's just I have not seen a quicker impact from a player at Arsenal in my life in terms of you've had players come and join Arsenal and you've had them Mm. obviously score goals very quickly. We had Lacazette score uh, on his debut and he scored quite uh, like a few goals uh, in his first few games, you had uh, Abamyang mm. do the same. You had Özil, who started off with that incredible assist. You, mm. uh, you, had, uh, you had you've had other players as well, but uh, the only one that I could think of is Dennis Burkamp in terms of how he rose the team. But even then, Burkamp yeah. took a, a bit of time to sort of get in, get used to it, like get used to the league and get used to Arsenal whereas Jesus has come in and like first game, he's just like, he's just transformed this team. And that sort of impact is worth so much more. And obviously it's two games in that, all those caveats, but why not dream at the moment? It's just because we, we we can't see the future. So like, this is what what we've got. And at the moment he seems like an incredible signing, and I, I love watching him, and I'm I'm so happy we we bought him, and it, that shirt is going to get bought by me of him it, very very quickly.
1: Over and over, I know, right? What home third and uh, home away and third kit? I assume it's um no, it looks special, and I think stylistically he looks he looks like Sanchez, which is something mm. I didn't predict. And uh, even that goal, I know you mentioned the one in the, Euro- the Champions League, but. In the same sense, it kind of felt a bit like the one he scored against City. Do you remember that volley? like It went from the same direction, I guess, and went into the top corner sort of thing, but it was something about it, it was like, I'm here. It was like an injection that Sanchez had that it feels like he's having on his team. and mm. He even had a really good game away at Palace. Um, really good game, but obviously a very different game state, and I, I, I'm really glad that Palace are being vindicated in a sense and, you know, they've gone away to Liverpool and perhaps should have got a result and, you know, did get a point. point. Um, so, the, this is a very good team we played away to and you could say, oh, Arsenal have only played Palace and they've only played Leicester but that is a, a Leicester team who have got a hell of, they've got some serious stars in there and it's a Palace team who have just gone to get a point at, at, at Liverpool and, you know, I think what, Liverpool's opening games were against Fulham and Palace, you've got City, um, sorry, I mean, Man United, who had, what, Brentford and Brighton. You know, these are teams that are expected to do OK, live all very well, and are dropping points. Obviously, mm. Spurs and Chelsea playing against each other helped. Um, but it was a hell of a weekend. And, um, you know, I think there is, no, I wasn't there at the game, but I was at the Palace game. And there was an element of excitement that was quite difficult to measure because I've never been to an away game. It was my first time I've been away and it was absolutely class. The atmosphere was raucous. I was The, the Palace fans were really, really nice um, in and around the ground. But I must say they, they were silent um, quite a lot, which is quite quite surprising. Mm. Um, but I think it was because we blew them away in the first, first half an hour. It kind of drew the uh, atmosphere away a bit. But I, I digress. I think the point I'm making really is that what was amazing to see is the it's the just like volume of the Arsenal fans. Like it is so good to see. I mean, we haven't even got on to really the Leicester game specifically too much yet, but the way that they got the atmosphere buzzing in the first place, stood behind Saliba when he scored an own goal, there was so much there. There's Inchenko's song. There's the Ashburton army that are getting more popular at the moment.
0: Mm. There's
1: a lot going on um, that's really exciting, and um, yeah, you must be you must when's your first game Are you weren't coming up
0: you or? um i actually haven't so and this <laughs> this goes with with your excitement in terms of yeah. games are all sold out like within minutes there's queues in seconds that, it's yeah, crazy it, the queues yeah. to get uh, get on to the box office website are mental so like i tried to get a north london derby ticket it, it was sold out within second like seconds mm-hmm. um for um for, for my membership anyway it, that might upset you. You've got North London derby tickets, haven't you?
1: I did. I got yeah, but through 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 a friend actually, um, one of the guys who who you know who's a brilliant writer at Arsenal, Editor, he's um got a membership and managed to get in there. But um, no, it's it's hugely exciting. I've never been to one. No, I haven't been to one since a Carlin Cup tie a while ago. So
0: yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I I went to the one last year and it it was great atmosphere. But this year I think it's going to be even bigger. And uh, yeah. like personally for me, I, I'm I'm going to like for that for that game. But I also want to do it for most games. Is I want to go to the pub and um, experience it with yeah. Arsenal fans. Like sit there and watch the game with Arsenal fans and. That's not really happened for a while for me, if ever. Like in terms of I want to watch the game with other fans. Usually you're you're, you're, you're dreading it and you do, you don't want to um, sit with anyone. You just hope that we, we do it. But now it's just like such a yeah. Not only is it uh, is it a go, like f- fun again, like on the pitch, but it's fun again off the pitch as well. And that and that's you. Times like this, you remember why you want you you are a football fan. It's
1: true, yeah, yeah, massively, and um, it's it's that the excitement, and the build up, and actually being connected. But I don't know about you. Do you have any memory of this at Arsenal? Because we're we're about the same age, right? Um, I actually turned thirty this this weekend. Um, Happy birthday! So, uh, <laughs> thank you very much, mate. Um, but and and like I was, I went to the first when was my first Emirates game? Well, I went to the, like the internationals that they did and yeah. one or two Arsenal games that first season. So I remember that. Um, I didn't ever go to Highbury. Leave did I. Um I must say, you know, I was a bit too young. I was what, 14 when they changed? 2006. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, um, you know, I only started going to games after that. And um, I don't remember a single time ever where there has been this much atmosphere at the Emirates. And I think they have, We've justifiably had um, quite a bad reputation in terms of atmosphere, but I think again going back to that expectation level, we thought we were should be doing, you know, principles mm. hit one two every season. But actually, we had to sell the best players and let to pay for a stadium, and we didn't really accept that as fans for a long time. So anything but first place seemed to be a disappointment. And obviously, we were getting fourth every season. Um, so it seemed to be like you know, you, you know, it might it must be like being a city fan now. Is that you go to a game, you you get three points, you go, okay, yeah, I know, I expected that. Whereas before, whereas, you know, if you get a draw, you're just angry. So your level is like average. Mm. Happiness can only really come in May and anything below that is just anger. Whereas now, like we've managed expectations, we're on the rebuild and we're going somewhere and it feels like any three points is just the absolute best thing ever. And it's just this whole, I guess we've got a whole generation of people at the stadium that are feeling like that.
0: I, I think the stadium has got younger in terms of the Ashburton army who you mentioned previously are quite, I think mm. they're between 16 and 25 and right. And they? Okay. yeah. And they, these are lads who have just got on for their love of Arsenal to sort of try and create an atmosphere of fun, sort of um, um, fun, sort of like vibe. The one thing that mm. I um, that I found out, and um, Tim Stillman said it on the Arsenal Vision podcast, is the the area they sit is not for season ticket holders. None of those um, Ashburton Army members are season ticket holders, right? These are how big, do they get tickets? So they like they're, they're, the same place. They must be red members or silver members or whatnot, like, yeah. Because that that end of the ground don't hold season ticket members. So that is a a real commitment to the club because if you're a season ticket holder, you can be a bit different, but that's sort of, it's a breath Mm. of fresh air. And now it's just sort of, yes, we've had really bad years and we've had to step back and it has been a bit down, but uh, COVID helped obviously, but then you, you go back to the stadium, everyone's just fun and everyone's behind the team. And it's, it's very, it's very good. Obviously results on the pitch help, but, and then you've got the likable players as well. Like it's just it's sort of like Arsenal are reborn sort of thing. It's quite funny that you've signed a player named Jesus and uh, Arsenal are reborn. I know, uh, but like <laughs> uh, Arsenal are sort of they sort of feel reborn. They they are now this like they've they've rose from the ashes, and that's just. It's so it's so good. I don't dread going to go into work now. Talking about my football team anymore. I'm just like I'm just like yeah. My football team is in a good place, and yes, it could all change. Football changes very quickly. But at like, well, why not start to dream? Why not be happy? Like be excited, mm-hmm. because if you can't be excited in these moments, you'll never be happy in football.
1: And the the, the reason why I think it's different is twofold. I think firstly is because. I don't think the media have caught up with it yet. I think mm. they're too busy fussing over what else is going on. And I think they're just a little bit too embarrassed to say that Man United need to do an Arsenal. And I think that phrase is about to come out of Gary, Le- Gary Neville's uh, mouth in the next six months. Um, when he realises, I think, just how good we are, but the signings we made and all that sort of stuff. But I remember, a what was it? Like a 22 unbeaten game run with Emery. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. Maybe it was a bit less.
0: No, no you're, you're but spot on. <laughs>
1: But throughout that, I, there was no confidence. I was like, are we really? like?" I think we played a few good teams. It was the Spurs 4-2 within that, but there was no sense of, yeah, we deserve this, or, oh, no, this is going to come tumbling down. Whereas we just had two games where I'm seeing a plan, exciting football, a hell of a lot of chances. We've got the highest XG in the Premier League so far. Uh, uh, um, have we
0: really? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Unless
1: I've missed, Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think we're we're bang on level um with with City. I think. Or maybe that was Jesus and No, no, I think that's true. I think we have the most XG the uh, in line with um Man City. Like but it's and we played against Palace away. And we played Leicester at home. Like, it's not terrible. And um I think there's like there's this like the the eye test is being passed as well as getting results. hmm um, and we know there's more to come. Vieira's not played yet. Marquinhos hasn't played yet. Matt um, Smith Rowe has been injured. I think they're playing in an under 21 game actually tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: which is really interesting. Um, but there's depth. There's the, the holes. This is the difference between a few years ago, right? I mean, there, there was like, oh my god, we're crap. Where do we start? Which is where Man United are at the moment. To right, well, these are the holes we need to fill. So we filled them, and there's more signings to come. It's you know, it's it's really exciting, and it's definitely um, somewhere that, that is much better than elsewhere to be. But hey, we are merely two games away from a crisis, as per as always. So let's <laughs> not get too excited.
0: Yeah, or, or it, it's, it it can change very quickly, but like we are very excited at the moment, and that's the most important thing. Yeah. And just having fun watching our football team, and they are very very good, aren't they? So um, we'll we'll take that. Yeah. And I, I think we've really barely
1: touched about on the, um, maybe some of the individual performances, um, even some of the tactics. But I, I think overall, it probably is just worth saying, I think the free-flowing, moving away from rigidity, filling the right holes. We haven't even mentioned Zinchenko, Saka. Martinelli is exploding on the scene at the moment. and God knows where he could be this season. I think it, we kind of forget that just how good these players are, how young they are. And what levels they can go to is 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 so exciting, you know. we've said that enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, Martinelli is the one that I think I'm most excited about at this present moment in time. Obviously, that's mm. really forgetting about Zinchenko, about Saka, about uh, the, the mm. defenders as well. Uh, you, uh, Sleeper, who obviously is the, the, he had a bit of a wobble sleeper in terms of the own goal, but the fans, like the reaction to him, um, his first touch after that, it was just like backing him, supporting him. Like that was special. Like that's a really mm-hmm. special moment. And then you got the, the, yeah. And then, but Martinelli has been like, not only has he been, hardworking, skillful that we know he is. He's starting to add creative, like, traits into his game. If he adds that, he is the ultimate player. Like, and that's scary to think. This is a guy who has bucket loads of potential and he's starting to improve it this season. I think the Gabriel Jesus signing has helped him in terms of, I think they link up very, very well. And it always, mm-hmm. and I, I always talk about relationships on the football pitch. And it looks like Jesus and Martinelli have that relationship on the pitch. And they must have not played with each other very often for Brazil, but they played often with each other at, um, at, at probably in training and, and stuff in, in in the international game. But Martinelli's the one mm. that I'm most excited about, I think, uh, at the moment. Because, obviously, he's got two goals and... Is it one assist? Uh, or Was two no. assists? What did he do? Yeah, yeah, he got think, an assist um, for the Jesus, if, if he can it, uh, on the corner. Oh, yeah, he did, he did. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no. So, so, two goals, one assist. Yeah, so he started the season really hot. So, hopefully he can keep it up because if he keeps that up, like I wanted 10 goals from him this season. And at this present moment in mm. time, he's going to get like hit it in about five games. So it, it, Literally. It, it looks good. And his finish for his fourth goal was fantastic.
1: Outrageous, wasn't it? Like Absolutely outrageous. And um yeah, it's, it's, I've obviously weaker foot as well. Yeah. you know he's just a stronger guy, and he's clearly been working hard. And I think this is the kind of thing we don't really get to see, other than, I suppose, in the all nothings But um, yeah, no, uh, you know he's been working really hard, and there's, there's quite a lot of questions about some specific players that mm. I am keen to get into. The only one I don't see us having a question on is Marquinhos. That uh, Marquinhos, sorry, I just read that name. Um, Zinchenko and i'm i'm quite keen to see your thoughts in his first couple of games
0: i i, I think firstly uh, i'm going to mention the the sort of ne- not the negative the sort of like flaw in his game and it's that that is his defensive ability i don't think i, I don't think mm-hmm. he's the best defensively but i think the way he plays for us and the way arteta uses him i don't think it matters that much because no. He's basically being used as a as a midfielder and then further forward on the left wing. His technical quality is excellent. I don't know if you've se- seen the sort of backheel that he had done. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that flicky back. Yeah, thing. so beautiful. And Arsenal needed some more technical leaders in the squad. Remember, at the start of uh, twenty uh, twenty one that season we had two players, uh, we had one player who was of yeah. technical quality and that was Willian. And now we have expanded in terms of, we've got Saka, we've got uh, Odegaard, we've got Zinchenko, we've got uh, Smith Rowe, we've got Martinelli who's developing his game, like all these players now. And Zinchenko's is really at the heart of that. And i I really am interested in his play. He links up with the other players well. There were a few times where they would sort of do one-touch passing together, and Zinchenko was really into that. And yeah. I, I've really enjoyed watching him play. And I am go- and the, I knew as soon as Zinchenko signed for Arsenal, I knew he would be lining up in the in left-back in terms of on the team sheet. Mm-hmm. But when we are with the ball and stuff, he is nothing of a left-back. He's playing in midfield and... That that is just it's such a great sight, and the the it seems like a good, a really good transfer. Now I won't say it's a bargain like uh, the Gabriel Jesus one, but it just seems like smart, intelligent business, and and it obviously helps that he played in this, he's played in this league for quite a long time, so that has helped him with his development because there's no uh, adaptation period. He's just been straight in uh, for minute one and done well.
1: Yeah, he. It, it, it's an area in which I think uh, both Palace and Leicester try to exploit. Hmm. Um, the difficulty they've got is that he isn't always at left back. He's, he's very much a central midfielder, plays on the inside, outside at points um, that tends to sort of go back in defensive scenarios. And we've got three centre-backs at the back, really, with Ben White playing that inverted role um, to mitigate for that. So I'm not too worried. Um I think there will be points this season where we'll be caught on that, but his technical ability and what he allows other players to do and, you know, the little scoop in the final third, not too mm. long, you know, and like for a through ball for Jesus and what he gives us in attacking threat really, really, I think is, is, is hugely exciting and gives us so much. And again, you know, um, it's really interesting to see Martinez, um, Sandro Martinez, and how much he's struggling. And, you know, the club clearly, as I think on a blog reported on The, the Athletic... And numerous different outlets are saying is that Arsenal were prepared to pay thirty-five million for what they wanted to be left back, which was the same Zinchenko role, it was the same thing, right? Play a bit further forward as a CDM, slash bring it forward a bit as a as a left back on that left-sided space, and um, they did have concerns about him playing central defender because he was, as the memes are going around, but is just actually a fact. He is just a bit smaller, and the physicality in the Premier League is is um. Is famous really so, and I think the first couple of games have proven that point. And I'm still yet to hear Gary Neville go in as much detail as he did about Ben White at the beginning of last season for Brentford, but we will gloss over that he, because he, we're be- he, better on that. He, aren't we, he,
0: yeah, I mean, he did go into sort of some detail, but I don't and just a very I know this is an Arsenal podcast, but just a very briefly touched on uh, Lissandro Martinez. I don't think he's actually been bad in terms of, I don't think he's like, I don't think the matchup against Tony was an absolute mismatch. And I think Luke, like when I think of defenders who like absolutely got bullied, I don't think Lissandro Martinez has been bullied in any of his games, but I think just because of his height, they target him. And they target mm. that space. So I think if you had someone who's really good in the air, who could cover for his deficiencies, then I'd uh, at left back, then that would be okay. But because you have Luke Shaw there, then it's just sort of like you're, you're, you're asking for either Lissandra Martinez to go after the ball or you're asking Luke Shaw and it's just a mess, but we don't care. We love that. Mm. So, um, yeah, we, we're, yeah. We're, we're yeah, we we we're loving that. So. It's just, it's
1: the, the difficulty is, I guess, is, um, you know, you, you look at the Sky Sports pundits and I'm um, a bit over it also, but like, you know, last season it was dancing with the Brentford fans having lost 2 nil. it's like, let's all laugh at Arsenal, let's, here's a reason why, forgetting that they've got, god knows how many players out with COVID, that, you know, they've had to basically nearly cancel the game and couldn't get it done because it was a Friday night and everyone was looking forward to it. But Ben White, oh, the teams all looking at him all season. He's not up to it. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, what about that with Martinez? Because equally, he's surrounded by players that he shouldn't be. He's clearly a better player than that. And it's just, oh yeah, we can't judge him yet. It's too early. It's, like, it's just that's Gary Neville for you. But yeah, <laughs> he's always going to defend his team. But um, on that note, then go on. Let's let's go into it. We've got a few questions. So um, let's do
0: it. Who
1: who's your man of the match?
0: It has to be Gabriel Jesus. See, it it's very close with mm. uh, with Gabriel Martinelli, and I think on any other day Gabriel mm. Martinelli would have got it. But no, it's Gabriel Jesus. it, it was an absolutely astonishing performance.
1: I'll um, I'll go Martinelli then. I think uh, sterling performance. Actually, no, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to go Granite Xhaka. Um, turns out he's the Zidane we didn't know we know we
0: had. He's Aaron <laughs> Ramsey's successor, the one we needed. He is.
1: He is arriving late into the box, uh, headers at the back post, arriving late and scoring goals. I mean, who is this guy? I don't (laughs) know. This is him. I mean, this is the answer to all of our problems.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, No, leadership, um, you know, I I, I just genuinely think he had a really good game and we're seeing a side of him we didn't, hadn't necessarily seen. And, you know, when we've got good players around him and he doesn't have to be the centre, doesn't have to be that. He's got license to be the player he wants to be and the player he can be. So, um, yeah, all, all, all for it for sure. So he, he'll be my my man of the match. And um, what about uh, your dick of the day?
0: Probably Jamie Vardy for his hilariously bad dive that he produced. Mm. It, it, it was just yeah, it was awful. And also um, special mention to Brendan Rodgers. Um, he didn't really do anything wrong. I just don't like him, so <laughs> so um, <laughs> he, he he could be featured as well. He can have it. He can have
1: it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Um, Gary Neville again. I was tempted was mine last to go, week, but no one heard it. I was tempted to go. Gary but, yeah. Neville. Oh, he's just. I'm just really. I just. I guess. I'm really enjoying him suffering, and he's so close to admitting Arsenal are good. It's so funny. Literally, less than seven days ago, he thought United would um, come top four, and now he doesn't think they'll come top half, and. You know, he just he he loves an Arsenal bash, and I just like, every game that goes past that United are bad, and um, you know we, we are seemingly on the up. It's it's there's gonna be a time where he's gonna win it. Yeah, there's gonna be a time, and uh, it's coming. And um, yeah, so very much looking forward to that. Let's let's dive into some questions because um, there's quite a few. There's two round Jesus. Which okay, we'll go into so um, God I'm terrible at reading these so. Uh, Alicia Ekabalad has arts apologies for that. Says can Jesus be the best player of the Emirates era? And on another note, um heck is only said who will have leave Arsenal with more goals for the club? So would it be Jesus or Aubameyang? So what Aubameyang's on ninety two? Yes. Yeah. Not remember.
0: In terms of best Emirates player, I would like to just very quickly, who do you consider the best mm-hmm. Emirates player? I've I, got three in my head.
1: It's either Fabregas, Santi, or Alexis.
0: Okay, mine would either be Fabregas, Van Persie, or Alexis. Mm.
1: I think I just have a soft spot for Santi. I, you are right, I, he didn't have as much impact as Van Persie, but Van Persie did go
0: to United. I, I, I um, think mine would be Fabregas, so... Yeah, I think it has but to if be we're, if we're talking But if, if we're talking best striker of the Emirates series, it's Van Persie.
1: It's Van Persie, yeah. So, uh, not Jovinio.
0: <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> you, you, you you put some respect on his name. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, although it's quite funny, ironic that we've both we bought two Ivorian wingers from um, Lille, and both have uh, not gone well. Um, yeah,
1: no, no more wingers from
0: Lille. Yeah, no more wing wingers from say. Lille. Uh, he can be the best player at, of the Emirates era. Anyone can. And and if he keeps this up, then he probably will. In terms of Aubameyang's goal-scoring record, so say he stays here for, for the duration of his contract, so five years, so mm. he would have to get so 92 goals, so he'd have to get basically 20 a year. I think he could do that. Like... I, um, I, I I think he could do that. It's not. I'm not asking him to score thirty goals a year. I'm just asking him to score twenty, and that's in all competitions. Yeah. So, I think he could beat Aubameyang's record. Yeah, yeah. I think Aubameyang, um the
1: Browning record is in sight. I think he just has to consistently do it, and um, I think he will. <laughs> I think it's so ridiculous saying this after two games, but. Um. yeah and I think you're right about the best player at the Emirates era I mean it's way too early to say mm. but equally anybody could be it could be Saka it could be, be Smith Rowe yeah. it could be Ramsdale none of us know and um, you know any time will tell and this is the exciting thing about this squad is that they're all so young they've all got such a long way to go with the club it's only the beginning of the journey so um, hard to tell hard to tell but yeah very, very exciting but I think yeah the potential is definitely there for, for all sorts so um. Okay, so let's move on to another one. No. She actually, sorry, there's one more on Jesus. I didn't want mm. to say it. Um, so George AFC says, how many goals do you think Gabriel Jesus will score in all competitions and his top four possible? So there's two questions there, actually.
0: Uh, I, pred- I think I predicted on uh, my podcast, I think I predicted like 22, I think I did. I can't okay. exactly remember. So I think he'll score 22 goals in all competitions. And is top four possible? Yes, but top four is possible between the teams who finish third and sixth very briefly, but yeah, um but sixth is including Manchester United. So, um and they at this present moment in time don't look very likely. So it is possible. Yes, but I'm not, it's too early to say if we're going to definitely get it or not. Like, let's just see how it goes. Yeah.
1: I think you get 25 goals and I think, I do think Arsenal get top four. I also think Spurs will and I think it's going to be less about who drops out and more about who just gets more Points, which might be a bit of an obvious thing to say, but you know it's kind of always phrased as well. It, you can't see Chelsea dropping out. It's not really
0: about dropping out. It's mm. more about can they keep up with with it, the the yeah yeah yeah. It's
1: I think I think it's just going to be a really high points tally this season. Um, you know I think that we'll see a bit of a breakaway of the top six, the top five. Yeah, it's United join that. So yeah, it's um, yeah certainly very interesting. But you know it's too early to say really. Um. Jacob Palambella says, uh, "What do you think Saliba brings to the Arsenal bat line?
0: An aura, an aura about him. I know that's quite hard to quantify because everyone wants to see actual qualities on the pitch, but there's just this like undeniable aura about him in terms of being a defender. He looks like he can do it all. He can, he's a great passer. He's like uh, very solid, quick. The only thing that he's probably not good at is heading, but uh, yeah, as as evidenced by the own goal. But I think in terms of his, he has all the attributes to be an incredible centre back, and he just looks like an incredible centre back. And remember, this guy is what twenty twenty one. That's yep. such a massive thing to have at that age, that level of maturity. If he keeps developing at that, he's going to be. One of the best defenders in the world, and he's at Arsenal. So sign the thing, Willow. Sign the thing. Sign the thing. I mean, look, if
1: forms keep form keeps up like this, and the connection with the fans, you know, all of this positive stuff that we're seeing for admittedly, again, the first two games in a the preseason, then
0: why would he want to go?
1: Yeah, I... you know, it's up to us to make the environment for
0: players like that, players like Saka, to
1: to want to be there.
0: And and it was and. I... There, I know it's a little thing, and it might not matter. But the reaction of the fan base to him when he scored that own goal, in terms of supporting him, mm. must have meant a lot to him. And the words that Mikel Arteta are, is saying to him must have meant a lot as well. So this is big. Yeah. But, but like, these are things that are um, massive for for him. Hopefully, that will make him stay. I hope so i mean i I think he's in a reported quite a low wage at the moment as mm. well, so I think about twenty k
1: or something like that, which is when you say it out loud isn't it's still a lot of money but um i I also think that he uh, i think money talks right, and if we offer him. 80k a week for whatever reason and by the way I think he is a hell of a player so his agent will probably mm. be in the air going you know you're going to get in the France squad you'll come back perhaps even with a World Cup winner's medal Yeah, impossible at all France looking good you know year and a half left on a contract you know this is big time so I do think what needs to happen before then Um. so I think if we can put a nice little paycheck down and mm. you know, anything could happen I think it that needs to happen so same with Saka really so those are the two players that I'd be, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, he's he's a different different level of player, and I think even the media really start pick on that, that quite quickly. And Carragher's has huge complimentary of him, and I think he really. I don't think he'll be at Arsenal forever. Would be my prediction. Um, yeah,
0: I don't think he will. You know, be I can. Either.
1: Yeah, I think he'll he'll be here for a few years, and it'll be an incredible few years. And I think he'll hit Madrid. He'll be he's that good. I think he'll be somewhere somewhere like that. Um, so I guess on that positional note. Do you think John? So sorry, the blonde top G. Quite interested in going to his account now. Blonde top G, like that. Um, uh, would do you, do? Do you think Stones would start in the Arsenal lineup? No,
0: but like, No, like no, I I, don't think he would. Uh, if he was left-footed, yeah, I don't think anywhere near it. But yeah, but no, I don't. He's not getting in over Sleeper. There's a debate that if he would get. In over Ben White in terms of who's playing at centre mm. back, but and Arteta loves the left sided centre back, so you can argue that maybe uh, John Stones is better than Gabriel. But again, Arteta loves the left sided centre back, so no, he's not getting in
1: the team. I think Ben White's ahead of him at the moment as well. You know, in all honesty,
0: so no, no that's completely um, fair. Like, I think I think Ben White is sort of still young, but I think uh, John Stones doesn't. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't think he plays regularly anymore. Uh, so that doesn't help him. And mm. if he's, uh, yes, he's on the. Uh, I know we've signed two bench City players, so I can't really say. But if he's on the bench, yeah. bench of that team, I don't think uh, of that defense. I don't think he's getting into ours. So.
1: Do you know what? As you say that, I'm just going to look up this because it is something that's branded around quite a lot, and according to to say, isn't it? Sunchenko, because, uh, uh, you know, you hear this quite a lot, don't you?
0: That um, Arsenal oh, signed bench, yeah, players. bench players. But they yeah. played,
1: this. yeah, these are players that played so much last season. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see. Maybe, while, while I find that information for Zinchenko and Jesus, who do you think is going to be the England centre-back pairing then? Because it's a hell of a conversation. And apologies <laughs> to any listeners who aren't too bothered about England, but it's really comes into quite focus, I guess.
0: I mean it because it's Southgate, it's gonna be Maguire and Stones, isn't it? Yeah. Like it, How long can you ignore he love he loves Harry Maguire and Harry Maguire to be fair performs at a much higher level for England than he does for Manchester United. Mm. So I think it would be um, be that.
1: So how, where where do you think Ben White fits into this? I suppose there's a, a whole other conversation for a whole other day.
0: For, for, for in the England squad, I think he gets taken. I don't think he would start. He would be a squad player. He would probably feel yeah. like Connor Cody's or Tyro Mings' squad spot.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Um Okay just thought I'd ask anyway. Um, I can't really find the stats. I'll have to sort of find that another time. But, I, you know, there are, these are players who played quite a lot. Um, okay. What about this question? Um, the posh goalkeeper says Ramsdale or De Gea? I mean,
0: um,
1: that, now, that's disrespectful. It's a quite a simple one for me. <laughs> that uh, disrespect. is disrespectful. <laughs> well, it, it is. But I think I know where he's going with this, right? Because there is a discourse out there that is... There are mumblings of him having one or two uh moments if you could really call them that or there's talking points I guess, and I think because he had a slight slight dip last season he wasn't didn't hit his high standards from the first half of the season. maybe there's a part of the fan base that are worrying I'm personally not I think mm. he you get that you get that risk with that kind of goalkeeper um you do across city you do across Liverpool. Who also make you know kick it at someone every now and then, or when you're playing high risk passing, do. But I guess it's the. Would you think he made a
0: mistake this weekend against Leicester? I saw some people say that he made a mistake. I don't think he. It, you you never like to be beaten at your sort of near post, and it go through your legs. It looks quite embarrassing, no. you know, and it is a bit difficult to take. But it is a very fierce shot, and it's caught him by surprise. I don't think it's as bad of an error as the Liverpool one from last season. That was a a bad, bad mistake. Yeah, that was a howler. And but I don't think this one is a howler. I think it's just, you, you like. I think it's a good effort. And sometimes you get those those. Um, that sometimes they go they go in. So yeah. Uh, I, I yeah I. I have no complaints about Ramsell in terms of that effort.
1: No, me neither. I think he... What else did he do? I think it was one of those just looked bad, but the power came in, it hit one of his feet and it yeah. came in the net. like Through his legs, what can you do? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, he, yeah, put it this way, I'd rather have the risk with him than be... Uh, I didn't have Leno. Mm. I think we play, he, he opens us up in such a different way, and I think he's really important. and I think we'll, we'll see that throughout the rest of the season. Agreed. Do you have one more question? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's have two actually. <laughs> it, it's, it's so somebody's called it's Kino Tai, <laughs> um, or Kino Tia, I'm not sure actually. God, he's ter- terrible today. Um, is the Tielemans still an option?
0: I mean, he's still an option, but if Arsenal actually sign him, is a different question. I think Arsenal might actually wait in terms of when he's when he his contract ends at Leicester. Because mm. I think Leicester want to sell him, I think, because they need the money and they're not going to get any... He's not going to sign a new deal. They obviously keep him for a year and then let him go for free. They would prefer the money for him. But I think Arsenal yeah. are sort of satisfied maybe with Granit Xhaka playing in that role. Arteta mentioned Fabio Vieira playing that role as well. I think they would be prepared to wait for another year, personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And um, I, I think apart from anything else, because of the price, I think there's no one else really involved. I think there are hmm. flaws in this game. And I mean, we weren't exactly screaming for him. This weekend when Jaka completely dominated him. And um did you did you not hear
0: did you not hit a chance though? Like when he went off. What T Elements cut over it? Yeah, no, yeah. I yeah, know. yeah. He'd be like,
1: was it T elements? We'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, yeah. Week. yeah we'll, see week. <laughs> we'll see you next week. You're
0: T elements, we'll see you next
1: week. See you next week. And I'd love him there. I'd, I'd love you, T elements He can bring something to Arsenal that is um really exciting. I guess. The biggest unknown for us is we you don't know what Fabio Vieira is going to bring. I'm clearly s- the club of a plan for
0: him. I'm so excited to watch him play. like, I really am. Oh, me too. Because, because it, and uh, it's a signing that we did not expect. It's a signing that came out of the blue. And that just excites me more because it's just one that... Like, it's such a... Out of the risk, like, such a high reward sort of gamble. It's not a gamble. Yeah. I mean, he, he cost £30 million, So he, he... But if he turns out to be a good player then I can't wait
1: yeah me too me too and um, I think there's a real interesting layering there you know what what will TLM and signing do to something like Fabio Vieira uh, and how much exposure he'll get and look I think let's not forget exposure wise he's only really played a half a season for Porto you know he wasn't starting every week I think we Europa League's probably the place for him for now um, T elements does add a lot. I think gives us a bit more depth, a uh, bit of fragility going back. But um, you know, Jack is doing this job at the moment, and I am really keen to see this go. It's probably why they're sitting back, going, "Well, we want him for twenty million, and if you don't want him to sell him for anything, uh, anything, anything less than, or sorry, don't if you want to sell him for anything more, then well, we'll leave it yeah. to next season." So, um, yeah, really, really interesting more than that. Um, in fact, yeah, no, let's let's leave it there. There is so many other questions I could ask, and. Um, yeah, we'll leave them for another time. But its I think we're, we're quite lucky that you know we're getting onto podcasts now and we're able to talk about so much. Whereas, um, you know, it's all about how exciting could this be or this part of the pitch, this player, the development of X, Y, Z, or yeah. before it's what holes are where and how do we find them? Well, how do we fill them? How do we just try and get something for now? God, um, oh, tell you what. We we both started podcasts at probably the most difficult times being Arsenal fan ever. So
0: Yeah, I re- kudos to us, mate. Yeah, kudos to us. <laughs> I remember doing um a podcast downstairs in my um living room, um on the floor, um talking about how Arsenal have just lost uh to Everton and our fifteenth in the league. And now yeah. we are where we are. So it's it, kudos yeah. to us.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it... It all started in a pants drawer for me and my mate. My mate could only get um, his microphone in the pants drawer. So shout out if that pants drawer is still listening. <laughs> um, but hey, we've, we've come a long way. We've come a long way.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah,
1: um, we have. Look, let's uh, let's leave it there. People have probably got things to do and uh, other football games to get excited about. So, um,
0: Matt, thank you. Thank you so um, much for coming on again. Yeah. Hopefully you come again very soon. Of course. Uh, love being on there and thank you for having me on.
1: Sounds good. And obviously, everybody, please do listen to um, AFC Mets uh, Can You Believe It podcast as well. And uh, I think we should probably start tw- plugging Twitter handles. I think that's just kind of what people do, isn't it? You're quite big on Twitter these days. But at AFC Met um, <laughs> is where they find you. And me is at Toby Parks. So there you go. Um, I'm going to try my outro thing now. I'm um, just going to see if this works. But. <laughs> Um, I'm going to start playing it now, so let's see what happens. But if it doesn't, whatever, thanks so much, for everybody. It is working. That is exciting. Uh, we'll see you next week and enjoy the week.